Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Liverpool 5 this time, Porto 1. It's 14 goals in three games against poor old Porto out there. They don't really like to see us rocking into time. Yet again, the prophecy is self-fulfilled. And to discuss it, I have Johnny Henderson, I have Jay Reid and I have Andy Bell. And... Andy, I'll just kick us off. It's it's just uh, it's just a it's a free it's a free score in Liverpool side at the minute that just look absolutely insatiable when it comes to goals. And you know we score all different types of goals. We've got all of the front three, the original, the original band lineup, if you will, um, all getting on the score sheet. And it's just a really straightforward day day at the office, and it puts us in a commanding position. Um, in the group, which in actual fact is that's not really something that we've been able to say in the last few years in the Champions League. We always make it pretty difficult for ourselves. Yeah, I think I think the year we is it the year we win it or the year we get to the final, we lose all three of our away group games and qualify on nine points. And like, I think we qualify on goals scored or on like a head-to-head goal scored record of Napoli. It's mad in the end. And And I don't even think last year we get nine points. I think we qualified with like maybe eight. Yeah. uh, Yeah. um, We we play that mad team at home to Atlanta, don't we? And and kind of make it a lot more difficult for ourselves in the end. But yeah. And then the Mitchelland debacle. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those ones where, and we always say that when we play teams like this in the Champions League, you play a Premier League team of Porto's quality and you're, they're going to make it a lot more difficult for you because of the situation. Whereas it's very difficult for a team like Porto or going back a couple of years like Maribor or like Salzburg or Atlanta who spend most, you know, 75, 80% of their league games dominating the ball and attacking and being the better team. It's very difficult for them to switch to that into the kind of the Burnley um, formation and the, the style of play that, that we see for for a good 30-40% of our games in the Premier League, it's very difficult to do that so they're always going to come out and have a go and I feel like we always end up talking about the opposition defenders being absolutely shite in these games but I think if you put most defenders into that Porto team and that style of play apart from the absolute world class ones in the world then you'd probably say they were shite as well because they just leave so much space and they're used to, as I say hammering teams every week um, and that's just conducive to the front three, looking like the front three that we saw for Liverpool before everyone realised how absolutely amazing we are. Um, it was a joy to watch at times. They were, you know, constantly dragging the opposition players in, finding spaces here, there and everywhere. There was space for Mane, there was space for Salah, there was space for Jota. And the three of them seemed to be having fun. Well, two of them, <laughs> Jota seems to be massively in his own head at the minute, as I'm sure we'll come on to talk about. But no, it was a good performance. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about Jones, I think, has a really good game. Henderson does well. And, you know, we're, what, 3 or 4 nil up after 60 minutes and we're able to manage the game as we like and manage minutes as we like, which, uh, you know, you can't ask for a, a much better situation before we play Man City, especially given their result and type of game that they played last night. No, that's absolutely spot on. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's just the ideal scenario. It's everything you would want. To, it's everything you want from a game of this nature with City on the horizon. Um, and you know, Andy makes a point that you could talk about opposition defenders being shite, but we've done this to every team bar one this year. 
We just went out there and hammered at least like three goals into them without really getting out of second gear in most games. And again, it just this team just seems hell bent on just sticking the ball in the net. The number of shots that we're having, the number of shots particularly Salah and Mane are having, um, the number of attempts from set pieces. And, you know, we're just making things so incredibly difficult. And these and have the a team, I was going to say... No, oh, 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 sorry, I was having a glass of water. I forgot to mute, sorry. I was going to say the team sound fluid there and we've got the, the background sound <laughs> effects there to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too far away from the phone to mute it now. Give me a second. That's me done. Sorry. So as we have the sound of Liverpool, uh, you know, moving moving through the phases of the pitch in a fluid sort of motion, Jay, water-like, if you will, you know. Yeah, free-flowing. Free-flowing, absolutely. Um, and we do seem to be we, we do seem to be able to turn it off and on like a faucet. But um. But yeah, you know, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of going and scoring goals against anybody, should we? No, I think we can tap into the well of goals whenever we want. <laughs> um, I'm also puns. Well, yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know if Andy mentioned or not. I've lost me train of thought. But <laughs> that that goalkeeper last night was definitely on the take. I think he needs a a bank investigation because he was not a keeper by any means. Um, some of the performances and actions he was going through, but um. Just, just getting back to to us and 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 the free flowing goals that that were seem to be day well we gamely basis now we're just banging them in and it. I think it it's sort of gone under the radar that we are hitting so many goals. Um, we all know that Liverpool are sort of flying under the radar of of the mainstream media and pundits, and no one really is truly putting us in the conversation it's all City and Chelsea still um, and that's fine by us we we would like to be the underdog we we don't mind being the ones chasing and and having the pressure off us and it seems to suit us a bit more um, but it it is it's just nice to see that like the goals are coming and I think we've all said across the, the first few weeks of the season like we, we've questioned is Mane still the player he, he he was two years, 18 months ago. The truth tr- is, he, he's not really the same player, but he's still chipping in with goals. He's still trying. He's still having attempts. Um, Jossa can be highly frustrating to watch, not just as a person, but probably for himself, like the, the stuff he does. But then also, you get the rewards of the fact that he's always in that position of where you want a number nine to be. He might not be a, a stereotypical out-and-out nine, but nine times out of ten he's in the in between the lines of the penalty box and that's what we've been crying out for when we all say yeah Bobby does all the lovely stuff outside the box but sometimes you just want him inside just to, to put the ball in the back of the net and on occasions Jossa does just do that sometimes last night it didn't seem to go his way but you've got to be in there to miss them than not be in there at all I suppose and then we 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 can't even speak enough about Mo Salah the, the, the lads are feeling on he's probably the best player in the world right now. I've seen conversations going around on social media. You had Rio and Michael Owen last night saying, is he the best in the world right now? Is he the best that Liverpool have had in the, in the Premier League era? There's certainly topics for conversation there and there's there's arguments you can have for, for a few players. But right now, I don't think there is a player in world football 
maybe Lewandowski is the only other one I'd throw in there as a competitor to say he is the best in the world right now. And uh, I, I would love to know what, what you guys think, but I, I think it's a probably a two-horse race, but obviously we're going to be the biased and say it's, it is Salah. Yeah, Johnny, Salah, you know, it, it's a goal a game this season. Um, there's only one game he hasn't scored in. Um, and, you know, this guy, it just continues to, continues to just be the guy, just be the man. And, he, you know, he gets the first goal. It's just a typical Salah, just wandering into space, finding himself a yard, gobbling up a loose, a loose ball. And, he just has it all. We look, we look at Jota and Firmino, and they're very, very opposite when it comes to you know what what they bring to the team. Jota is just at that at this moment, he's just that guy that seems to stick it in the tent and doesn't do a lot else. Whereas Firmino um, is the opposite, where he does everything else, and you know we would maybe like him to to put it away a bit more often. Um, and with Mane, kind of not misfiring, but certainly being erratic on the other side of the pitch. Salah really is the guy that you can hang your hat on, and you have to be able to hang your hat on at the minute. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the number of pods now we do where we're just, <laughs> you know, you re, we you literally you're just going over the same superlatives over and over again. He's just he's just everything you want in a modern forward. He's he's strong. He's quick. He can take the ball in. He can take the pressure off. He he can beat people. Um, but uh, for me, it's his mentality. He is just he is just absolutely so ruthless. He just wants goals, goals, goals. And you could see him last night. There was even in the second half when the game was won and Rabo had a shot. I think he Rabo had a shot and he's, he, the keeper parried it and he was looking for him to square it and you can still see him jumping that wee jump he does in frustration when he doesn't get it but yeah absolutely he just he, he's a winger he, he does a lot of his really good work out wide picking up the ball running at people but when he comes inside he's just he just gets he just has that knack he gets on the end of things you know he just out muscles the guy for the, the first goal he's just there to bundle it in the his second goal is just typical Salah. It's, it's brilliant from Jones. who just tees it up for him. He takes his touch, and he but he is absolutely. I mean, we we probably were all in a debate a couple of seasons ago where you know when when they were all really firing and um, Manny was like Manny was incredible then. Manny's still for me just that wee bit. He just doesn't seem to have that unplayable factor that he did have. Um, a couple of seasons ago, where every time he got the ball, you just expected him to go past the player and make something yeah. happen. He seems to me, it's a li- he, at the minute he just he always seems a little bit untidy. Yes, I agree. His touch just isn't quite right, and he just seems like he's a little bit he's doubting himself at times, and he's stuff that he was doing purely off the cuff and instinct in the past, and he's not doing anymore. And I just think at the minute. You know the level Salah's at. He has maintained his level from from the get go. You know, and he he is absolutely. There's no debate there anymore about which which one of the forwards is the most key. Because I remember there was quite a few people, probably myself included, would have said Manny. Um, it's Salah. It's Salah all day long because he 
constantly just delivers. He steps up, he delivers, and uh, and, he, and he was great last night. But I suppose for last night we can't go much further without talking about Curtis Jones because it was. I just thought he was unbelievable. I know they were very poor, but for a twenty-year-old to run a game uh, against Porto, who let's not forget her former winner Jose Mourinho era 2004 um for him to go away from home and run that game 20 years of age i thought he was he was incredible as well they made it easy for us but there were some great performances yeah andy jones you know we were we're going to get to going to get to him eventually inevitably um but he's basically involved in, in all of the goals um he's a, a strange kind of case jones he bursts on the scene with some decent performances. He scores that goal against Everton when we send our, our our teenagers out to go and put them out of the FA Cup just to really, really boil their piss. And he was making, you know, steady progress, if you like, starting to be used in different positions, starting to be what looked to have been kind of cultivated into that kind of neat and tidy, press-resistant Wijnaldum player on the left-hand side of the midfield. We know he's probably probably more number ten really than anything else. You know, as close to as you're going to get these days. And then second half of last season, I think he gets a bit of blame for the goal. I think at West Brom, the the Matip injury game where I think it ends two two, and we don't really see him again after that, which was very strange. Um. People had an opinion of him based on him not playing. Um, but he's come in. It's had to watch a lot of people kind of have knocks and take little injuries here and there in order to get his chance. But by God, he has grabbed that chance, taken it with both hands. And, you know, people talked about midfield depth earlier on the season. But I don't know, did, did we maybe not? factor him in as quite the option that he might look to be now? I think, uh, yeah, you've, you've articulated it very well there, Dave. You say he comes in and initially he's the player who he was in the under-23s, which was take it past five, blam one in the top corner. And you could see he had that cockiness in a good way and arrogance about him that he thought, I mean, he literally came out in, in interviews, I think, and said, you know, I, I should be, not that I should be starting every week, but he's, you know, I wanna, I'm not satisfied until I'm starting every week in this team. And at that point, he was literally just like a, a player in the under-23s who was coming through and getting the odd game in the Cups. And he, he was that player for a while. And then a couple of bad games, that wasn't really working for him. And last season, he, he spent his time trying to, all his time in the pitch, trying to find this genie game as 7 out of 10. He, he does very well against Tottenham when he comes in and plays in that role. Uh, and he's a couple of other games where people, I think, thought he was being a little bit too conservative, which was the complete opposite of the Jones we saw when he came into the team. I think what you're seeing this season is just like the perfect mix of both. And you're seeing a guy who is making the decisions. He knows when to put the foot on it. He knows when to just calm things down, play it inside to Fabinho, uh, win the ball, recycle the ball, recycle possession, like when Alden did so well. Uh, but also that the guy when that when there's five, ten yards of space in front of him, uh, he can pick it up and he can go past three or four players and he can have a shot and he can you know, try and play the three ball. He gets the three assists last night. Um, and I actually was genuinely really impressed with him, even aside from the assists. I think in the first half, 
it's just some really neat and tidy moments. When you say neat and tidy, you automatically think like boring, conservative, uh, a player who doesn't get many goals or assists. But it was neat and tidy in a in, in a way that was really good to watch. It was really silky to watch and was entertaining to watch. And, and flew, uh, it's easy on the eye, that's for sure. Yeah, and it flowed like the rest of the performance. Whereas sometimes, you know, you'd watch a, a good performance, you wouldn't really notice Genie, even though you, you you played well. But he's easy to watch. He's he's aesthetically pleasing, and I think we're seeing a really really good player brewing here. I'm not really sure why we aren't more excited by him than we seem to be. I'm trying to think of like the context of the squad or the context of other players coming through. I mean, I guess he's. He's kind of, you know, you don't think he's... Elliot maybe taking his limelight a little bit. Possibly, but even last season when Elliot wasn't even in the conversation, people weren't that excited about him. Um, you know, maybe it is because he he's a different player to what we saw coming through and we've had to manage our expectations and he's evolved in our, in our minds as a player. I'm not quite sure, but... I think we should be excited about him, and I'm I'm really excited if he gets the game at the weekend. And I think we were talking the pre-pod. I, I we're all agreed that he probably will at this point. And I'll just be really excited to, to to see what he does in this in this midfield against Man City. You know, it's going to be a massive test for him. From a tactical point of view, we're really going to see how much he's matured, how much his decision making's improved, how much he knows that role on the on the left hand side of the midfield. But also, like it's a, it's an opportunity for us, and he'll fancy himself in this game at the weekend. He'll fancy himself to be the man who, you know, and and probably what's going to be the the best atmosphere in Anfield in a, in about two two and a half years now. Probably it's going to be the best atmosphere in Anfield since the Salah goal against Man United. You know, he'll fancy himself to be the man to go and you know take the chance when it arrives. Whereas you know, a year and a half ago, it would have been. I have to be the man that goes out there and makes something happen and scores the goal or gets the assist. Whereas now it's like. I'll just go out here and I'll, I'll play the game the manager wants me to play. And if I get the opportunity to do that, I'll back myself to do it. And I think that just shows the sign of, that just shows the maturity of the player and uh, and just how good a midfielder he's becoming in this in this Liverpool side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jay, just to finish up on Jones saying, you know, are we seeing a different player? Has this player matured possibly? Or are we seeing like a coming of age? It's just a really well-rounded footballer um and just the other thing that i think andy strikes on a really good point there what i do like about him is he he does want to be steven gerrard he does want to be the one that that drags his team over the line that makes things happen and he's not the type of personality that's going to shy away from that but maybe what we're seeing is we're seeing him now pick his moments a little bit better yeah i'd agree with that i think just something that Andy said where he, it was to do by are, are we not hyped enough about him? Um, I think it's because he's a local lad, personally. Um, like we, We've just given that little bit more space and time. Like, if, if he was playing for the Blue Half of the city, we all see how like, they, they bring a couple of local prodigies through and all of a sudden it's Hail Jesus, he, he's, he's the next messiah like sort of thing. But I think we know with ourselves. I mean, look at look at Trent for example. He, he was the the last obviously product to come through the academy, and I think we we all know what what Trent's got, and we all we all know his talents, and we've just let that nature. We've not ever really, as a fan base, to put too much pressure on him, and he's blossomed into the the probably the best right back in the world. And 
you get you get other idiots saying like he needs to be in centre midfield, but like he's made that position his own. Like he, he does everything from there, and we've allowed him to do that. We've never overhyped him and and forced too much pressure onto him. And I think that's probably a thing with just being a local lad and knowing you just need to give these kids time and not put too much pressure on them and don't put the weight of the world on them. We don't need to with the with the squad that we've got. We've got a, we've got a good enough team and I think in the summer Jones probably did get a little bit lost in the mire and Harvey had it with the shiny new new toy as 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 such. Um and it's a shame what's happened to him, but another man's losses, another man's gain, as as they sort of say, with like Moreno and Robertson, you know, it wouldn't have been probably inevitably that Robertson would have come in, but it took an injury to Moreno and Robertson come in and, and took the limelight and from then on he went. Um and not only that, I think with Jones he's he's sort of competing with Thiago and Navi Keita for that left sided midfield role where with Elliot it was basically him and Henderson. Um because Milner's just a utility player who, who who plugs any gap that we need. Um and I agree that he he, he has matured and he, he looks a bigger player. I don't know what everyone else says. I just think he's He's gone away and he, physically he doesn't look like a, a gangly teenager anymore. He, he looks like a man he's filled into his frame. He looks like he's he's ready for, for this level of football. I think 18 months ago you would have probably said he, he looks a bit streaky, he looks a bit gangly and maybe he can be forced off the ball. But he's he's a big lad. He's he's probably 6'1", 6'2". And yeah, he's 6 foot plus, yeah. He, he's he's filled into that, that frame nicely now and he, he, he looks ready for, for this level. Um I think what what we underestimate with him is his ability on the ball. It's so damn good. Like yesterday, I think it was for the Firmino goal, edge of his own box. He takes the ball, does a couple of twists and turns, gets himself free. That can be a bit of a risk against better teams. He might get found out, but he fancies himself to do that. Um, and again, as Andy said, that atmosphere on Sunday, I think it it will play into a lad like him. He is a confident lad. He knows he's good. He know he he wants to be better than Steven Gerrard. If you asked him, he said I can be as good as him or better. He he will probably say it himself. Um, and I think he'll go out there with the with the arrogance of of being a local lad and saying, well, if if Trent isn't going to play, I'm going to have to fly the flag for every scouser in the stadium. I'm going to have to prove what we really got because I'm the only one here. And in a way. Probably will get to Man City in a bit, but if he comes up against someone like Foden, I, I, I think he's genuinely got the ability to prove on that day that everyone's hyped Phil Foden to the moon and back. But I think it could be Sunday, it could be the time coming for Curtis Jones where he'll prove that he is just as good and to be mentioned in the same bracket as England's next top prospect. Not that we we really want him to play for England, but you know he's he's <laughs> he's a good prospect to play for for that level. You no, know, we'll certainly see his injury record take a detrimental, <laughs> detrimental impact. It's okay. Gareth will pick him and then just leave him on the bench. He doesn't yeah, like Yeah, there is that. Play, play him left wing back or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, he does like his fullbacks, that's for sure. Um, Johnny, so on the fullbacks, I suppose, or players who play fullback are supposed to play fullback, um, Milner comes in right back again. Um, 
it always worries me when Trent isn't there. You know, above most players, he's the one that always concerns me the most. But then Milner comes in again last night, you know, and he's just, he just continues to defy all like medical, physical logic and continue to perform at the highest level. And I'll be honest with you, I like having him on the pitch. And if he's going to be on the pitch against Man City in a right-back position, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, it's he he done. Listen, he he's gone up against Zaha now. That Zaha he was thrown in, and he was obviously fairly short notice. He was thrown into that game last night, didn't he? And he listen, he's a consummate pro. He knows his limitations, and he plays the game. You know, sensibly, he also gets a, an assist, although the keeper, <laughs> I don't really know what the keeper was doing. But absolutely, I mean, that is what he's in the squad for. And, you know, some people, you know, it's understandable. Some people are demanding, why can't we find a right back like Simicus at left back? You know, why can't we get someone of that quality? Um, but the reality is it's not easy. And Milner, you know, Klopp has full faith in Milner. And he trusts him. And if there's going to be half a dozen games a season where he'll have to drop him in to that, you know, because he, he plays young Bradley there in the, you know, in the, in the Carabao Cup. But he's, but Milner will be always be the, the go-to, you know, and I, I don't like Gomez at fullback either. Um, and, he, and he's perfectly competent there. And yeah, he just comes in and he does his job and he's, he's really, really solid. He, you know, he doesn't try anything too crazy. He he makes he offers the width and he keeps it simple when he gets the ball. But yeah, it was it was pretty spot on performance. He didn't do anything he didn't do anything wrong at all defensively. Um so he, absolutely. I mean he's he just keeps going, doesn't he? He's still probably winning the bleep tests and stuff in preseason as well. So you know, he, he just yeah, Johnny, himself, I think doesn't he? Yeah. What impresses me so much about him is just He's so tactically aware. He knows where to be. Um, positionally, he's absolutely spot on. And and the other thing is, he doesn't necessarily just go out there and play his own game. He goes out there and does exactly what the manager asks him to do. And mm. that's why he's still in the squad. And that's why he's still being used. Um, so, you know, it's, it's difficult to say anything negative about him in that regard because... You just do have trust that he's going to do everything pretty much spot on. He's maybe not going to be the quickest. He's maybe not the tallest. You know, he's maybe a yard shorter and technically a little bit more limited than some of other players, but it gives you so much in other aspects. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's got that full faith. And he, he does. He, he carries out the instructions to a T. And that's why, you know, you've seen what Klopp's like with even Simicast and even Robertson at the start when it comes to that position. he The one thing he values above all else is t- tactical understanding. Understanding what the role is, what you're supposed to be, you know, what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. And Milner just gets it and he carries it out. And it, listen, it's not ideal going into the weekend with this big doubt over Trent. Let's not kid ourselves. He's a major, major part of our attacking threat. And he's shown it in the past against City, you know, where he's had real key roles in in in, in wins against them. Um, with that switch of play with Robertson, especially, which is 
which is really, really a big thing when you're trying to shift cities about the pitch. Um, but absolutely, for someone to come and do a job that you know will get stuck in, it could be up against, you know, you don't know who City will play out there. I don't think it'll be Sterling. He seems to be a bit out of favour. Will they go with, you know, could, could be Jesus, could be could be Torres, yeah. could be Phil Foden. Phil out, Foden. I Grealish. Yeah. It'll or be Grealish. Grealish, won't it? Grealish. You're right, actually. It'll, it'll, it'll be which, Grealish. And which would I'm all right with that. Do you know what? I'm all right with that. I fancy that. Just in terms of the fact that the Anthony crowd are going to be bang on Greenish from the start, and if Milner sticks one tackle on him, you know he could, he's a type of player that could just lose it for the whole game, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not. I think the other thing about Greenish is, as good as he is, and I think he's an excellent footballer, he's not raw pace, which is the one thing that you wouldn't want Milner having to deal with. He also comes inside a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. So you you know yeah okay show him inside show, that that's that's all you're gonna do because you, as you say he's not gonna beat him on the outside for pace so I'd love it if it's Grealish on the left hand side love it when yeah, you when you would. think to the, back to the likes of Leroy Sané and Sterling like they fill you with dread but Grealish yeah yeah, yeah bring it on all day yeah that's a really good point actually if you imagine you know peak Sané <laughs> when he was at it. Yeah, that, that's exactly the type of player you wouldn't want him up against. Whereas Grealish likes to take his touches, likes to come inside. And, you know, Milner will want to leave one on him in the first 10 minutes just to get the crowd going and let him know that he's not going to get to show pony. I think as well, after the 7-2 last season where Grealish had a bit of a field day, I think it could be a few Liverpool players thinking we're going to have to put a marker <laughs> on this lad and put him back in his place. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So... It's uh, it's two from two. It's eight goals scored, um, and it, it's it's sitting pretty um, in the group. Um, you know, five points ahead of the third place team. So, you know, you know, you hate to say qualifications all but done, but you'd think that one win, what one win is unlikely as it sounds. If we get one win from our last four games, that that should see us through the group. Um, and the likelihood is we'll get at least a couple more points in that. So all looking good on that front. Um, Andy, let's just turn to City. The funny one for me, you know, and given the game last night as we're recording Tuesday night, Jota, he doesn't get in the score sheet. He's frustrated a little bit. Um, He doesn't give you a lot outside the box as it currently stands. There was one game, it might have been Palace, where I thought actually he was really good outside the box, but that was kind of the exception to the rule at the moment. Firmino comes in, looking pretty sharp, does all those lovely things that he does, and and then he does that other thing that he that people would like him to do more, is he sticks it in the net twice. And John has been pretty much nailed on, I think, in a lot of people's minds. Firmino's number's been up for maybe 18 months now. Um, but I'm not so sure specifically for this game I feel as though you might see a Jota on the bench scenario and Firmino coming back in to take his place I think it's all pointing towards that you know, Jota for a few weeks has been um, he's been missing a few chances and as you say his, his, his output outside the box hasn't 
his link plays, his, even his pressing maybe at times just hasn't been what we've been really used to seeing from him over the years, uh, over, over the last year or so that, that he's been at the club. With Firmino having had the injury, being back now, having scored two goals off the bench, it, it would point towards that. I, I wouldn't like be absolutely sure of it as some people are because at the end of the day, as much as Jota you know, has been missing the chances, he's, he's been getting the chances, he's, he is getting in the positions and ultimately he's been part of a front three and he's functioned as part of a front three that has scored, what is it, 26 goals in the first nine games. And, you know, while it looks like he's in his own head and while it looks like it's not coming off for him, I think you'd be a brave enough man to change around that front three, you know, to take a risk because, you know, Firmino could come in and, you know, could would maybe be more likely to take the chance if it comes. But with Jota in that front three doing what he does, the chances have just been coming and coming and coming. And, you know, in a situation, especially when you look at how Man City played at the weekend there against Chelsea, where they got it just tactically spot on and they limited Chelsea to very, very few chances. You want to, you know, at the, it's not at the forefront of my mind that Jota might miss chances against Man City because I think if we're getting the chances, then we need to make sure we are creating those four or five. And I think that should be the priority for us. And, that's why I would maybe actually just stick with Jota here. Um, you know, you've got do you think there's an argument that? Do you think there's an argument that the reason he is getting those chances is because it's not necessarily something that teams have had to worry about with this Liverpool side before? Is that there's literally going to be a guy standing in the middle of the goal in between Salah and Mane rather than Firmino trying to keep up with play after linking it in the middle of the pitch at some point? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think he's just, he's just like, he buzzes around, he he has a good touch, he creates chances for himself, and he can take a shot on a, on, you know, on a snap, he can get a shot off right away, um, you can't give him any sort of space, because he, he can get a decent powerful shot off, and he's a really good striker of the ball, I think that all helps, whereas Firmino can sometimes be, I think there was a point last night where Firmino and I think he wins the ball high up, or yeah, you see, like he shows that real turn of pace when he catches a player out, right? and then he tries to kind of cut inside. And whereas Jota kind of just takes a touch and gets a shot away. And okay, in the last month or so, the shots haven't been of particularly good quality, but he does just get that shot away, and he is dead dangerous. Jota, even still, he gets in these positions time and time again. And as I say, you know, the the worry for me on Sunday is not that. Jota might miss four chances. It's that we might only get two or three chances if City get it right, like they did against Chelsea. Um, and so from that perspective, I'd probably stick with Jota. And you've always got Firmino off the bench as well. You know, nil-nil on 65. Um, because, you know, as I'm sure Jay, who's been doing all the games this season, will tell you, the cops been absolutely loving the Firmino song, despite the fact that he hasn't been in the squad for half the times he's been singing it. So... If that can go off and he comes off, he comes off the bench, and then you know that could help boost the crowd a little bit. Simultaneously, if it's nil nil and sixty five, and Jota comes on, you back him as well. And we've just got options. And if we're sitting here as as Liverpool supporters who live and breathe the the club debating, and we don't know who's going to play between the two, then it gives Pep something extra to think about as well. And you know, that's one of the things he's been, you know, he's literally been on camera in that Amazon Prime documentary talking about how he's terrified of Firmino. Uh, it was, it's the famous clip where he's sitting at the Goodison Park changing rooms on a Saturday afternoon 
um, talking about how he's worried about Firmino in the in the Wednesday night game in the Champions League, and you know, <laughs> as you say, they're two completely different types of strikers, and as Pep is somebody who likes to watch hours and hours and hours of football and put all the preparation in, then it's 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 going to be very difficult for him. So I'd probably stick with Jota just about. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one, um, Jay. And this game for a long time, there's been. It's a funny one. Every time I seem to watch this game, something it's a different it's a different game of football. But the personnel are rarely, certainly from our perspective, is rarely different. Kind of no ten of our eleven going into that game. But what we've got this time are a number of unknown quantities in. And Jota and and Jones there. So, you know, what do you see? Do you see us being able to exploit a side that has been, you know, th- their XG against, I think, is is the best in the league. Chelsea had absolutely no luck in breaking them down, although they didn't try particularly hard over the weekend. But in saying that, you know, they go away and do their thing in the Champions League there and, and lose 2-0 um, in a, a big game against a team that's not particularly sound defensively and not particularly well structured and set up and have that, if you want, that unknown quantity because they're not really a particularly functional football team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I'd say if you look at PSG it's just it's chaos, isn't it? At the, at the top end of the field, it's that much talent, how can you possibly have any structure? You just yeah, it's it's even chaos in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, you, you, you just send the lads out and just around like an absolute lunatic. Well, if you've seen Pep, he was absolutely wetting himself over after you think he probably wants to kidnap him and bring him back because he actually hasn't got a proper centre midfielder like him um, anymore. Um, but that that chaos in attack. Is what caused City the most problems from the from the small amount of highlights I did see, because um, obviously I was watching our game, um, and we know that we can cause that we've done it in the past, and the fact that they're coming to Anfield with a crowd, like I think the last two visits to Anfield they played with an empty stadium, and they wiped the floor with us. I think it was four one. A couple, couple of them. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly, but I know yeah, one it was four one with the Allison disaster class. Yeah, um, and I think another time they beat us as well comfortably. But they've they've not faced anything like this, and I know PSG can cause a bit of a hostile atmosphere. But you know they're still they're still miles away from the from the pitch. They won't like it tomorrow uh, on Saturday, Sunday. Even I'm, I'm lost with my days. I'm off work this week. I apologise. Um, they won't like coming to Anfield and, and the crowd will be well up for it as Andy said like this is the biggest game probably since maybe the Atletico where we we saw that was the last game in and we sort of give ourselves a chance of getting through but you know the Chelsea game was the one that sort of said like we're back this season as fans but this is this is the one like City the Derby United they're the three games this season that year as soon as the fixtures come out, you circle them with a big red pen and say, I'm there for that game regardless. Um, and just to touch back on Andy, what we were saying with Jotter and Firmino, I think, as we you said earlier on, we know Klopp and we know he likes to go very 
for a million. Would want to know. I think it's Firmino that starts this game, and I think Jot is the X factor off the bench. Um, because he, of Jay, he, be, he goes four two four and he plays all four of them at the Etihad last season, doesn't he? Does anyone think like? Yeah, he, he I don't do think that he does that again. Yeah. No. I know. I I just think. I, I, Andy, I was about to say I have a. <laughs> I just have a wee feeling he might do that for <laughs> for an hour. I think he might just, do it in the last last thirty minutes, like we did it at Brentford, where it was a bit nuts to bring him on. But I think he he starts with the the midfield free and and the front free, and then we might see a period of fifteen twenty minutes with all four. I just I just don't think he's he's going to go all out just yet because it's. Maybe maybe because it's early in the season he knows he can risk it, I don't know. But I just think he's going to go Bobby. And looking the way Bobby was last night, he is rusty. And he's probably only got 60 minutes in him. So I think he might just give him the 60 from the start and maybe give him 75 and you see Jota from 60 and you just go 15 minutes of chaos. Um, but I just think this this game, it, it will have been in Pep's head from last weekend when they played Chelsea. And as you say, Chelsea didn't even lay a glove on them, but he didn't even try. And I think PSG showed if you can cause chaos at the top end of the field, which you can in a hostile atmosphere, they are nowhere near the team they was. We've all said it, like they've got no leaders. Like they rely on Pep being a metronome and just getting them through the game and clicking in the cogs into the machine. And if you rattle that machine, the cogs are gonna fall out of place. And you, you can see it happening. You know exactly how we've got to play it on the pitch and off the pitch. I, I can't wait for this week, weekend, really. Yeah, it's a really interesting one, Johnny. You know, you do throw you do throw that spanner in the works there with a four, and you're right. It it nearly works away at the Etihad. We should probably be two or three up in the first 15 minutes, but you're kind of relying on taking your chances if you're going to play that way, in my mind. I kind of am looking at this game... Was it the year we won the league or was it maybe the year before um, where it's an absolute bore fest and Mares misses the late penalty? I'm kind of envisaging something along those lines more so than just absolute mayhem. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, Dave. That was a real KG tactical affair, wasn't it? It is interesting. I mean... The, the game where we went out and, you know, done that at the Etihad, it, it was relatively early in the season. And it was, I think we'd lost Van Dyke at that point, but we still had Gomez. And I think we still had Joel Maddock at that point. And I think Gomez yeah, they also Canada. looked a bit, they looked a bit on the ropes at that stage of the season too, if you remember back at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. They, they were looking a wee bit vulnerable and Klopp knew that Pep was never going to predict Pep would never have planned for for the four of them being on the pitch. So you're probably right. It, 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 and and I think Jay's point's bang on. It's it's Firmino probably doesn't have. If 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 Firmino's starting, he, he might have. I would tend to think he's rusty, and they'll give him the last half hour, maybe to try and come on and knit things together. Um, it's it's hard it's hard to predict. Although you know, Firmino is his big game go-to man. I think if he looks okay in training, he could well start with him and throw John on for that for that pace. But I agree. I think I think one thing we need to be sort of mindful of is 
City's defensive record is exceptional. There's no question. You look at their XG. I think they've kept five clean sheets in a row in the league. They've only conceded the one goal, which was the the sum, the goal on the opening day. Haven't conceded in the league. And probably one of the weirdest things with City is if you look at their team that played at Chelsea, and you think this is Chelsea, who everyone's talking about as, you know, European champions, the real deal. They've just signed. Lukaku. Um, Chelsea didn't do themselves any favours. For some reason, Tuchel went pure. It was like Mourinho-esque. They, they went really defensive. They left Werner and Lukaku up front. Midfield didn't join. But the interesting thing is, for a team that restricted them so much, like City did, you actually look at their team and it was, you had Laporte and Diaz were playing centre-back. But the, apart from Rodri, who was sitting in front, it was literally all the players that you'd sort of say they're quite attacking. Okay, there's Cancelo, who's a super player, but Kyle Walker, you know, you wouldn't say he's a really conventionally strong defensive fullback. You then you had Bernardo Silva sitting deep, who's been playing in the midfield or even forward for them over the last few years. And then it was like your Grealish, your Foden's, your De Bruyne, Mares. It, it was just bizarre that you could put out a team with really You'd probably say six, seven all-out attack-minded players and restrict them, and they just did. They they closed off the passing lanes and they just kept the ball really well. Uh, I think Chelsea played under their hands and didn't push up on them. So it's hard to know because we'll be a totally different proposition. We'll we'll go up against them to play our game. We're not going to leave a big gap between our forwards and our midfields. Just not how we play. We will properly give them a test. So. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting it's really hard to predict. I mean, pragmatic in me, I could probably see it being a one each. Could be a bit of a you know it could could be a bit end to end for a while and then maybe if it's one each with twenty minutes to go, both teams sort of shake on it and say, Let's let's walk away unscathed and come back another day. Um but it's yeah, it's gonna I'm jealous of the of the boys. I'm jealous of Andy and Jay. Because I think you're on the cop, aren't you, Andy? That that will be a day to be on the cop. I think it's going to be. Yeah, um, that's it's probably yeah. I actually, I I've only really regularly started to get in games since I've been over here. It's definitely like the biggest biggest one I've been to. So I'm buzzing for it. All right then. So buzzing for it. Until then, folks. Thanks for joining us, um, lads. Thanks for your uh, impromptu contributions, and. You know, until after City, up the, who the fuck knows what's going to happen, Reds.